You're listening to the Big Stick Energy Podcast, where two friends talk news, happenings, and nuances of their favorite sports and favorite teams, the Philadelphia Phillies and the Philadelphia Flyers. Welcome one, welcome all to episode two of the Big Stick Energy Podcast. I'm Jim, the Phillies guy, with my friend over here, Eric Rayer, the Flyers dude. How you doing, Jim? Oh, I'm just doing dandy, living life, loving Phillies. They had a big week this week. At least positive, you know, there's an uprise here. Yeah, I, I would say there's a... There might be a little momentum shifting. I mean, we didn't really play the best team, so there's always that reason for it. But a win's a win, so we'll take it. Um, I know you were looking to get deep into the Flyers. Well, not too deep because there's not really much yeah, coming out I, right I now. I go too deep and I run out of shit to talk about next week. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some a little, a little yeah. bit of the... I'm just going to keep our Flyers fans with a little bit of a taste so that they're not... They're not sitting there going, where's the Flyers talk? Yeah, tease them a little bit. I know. I would, get yeah. them excited. Yeah, just kind of like. Get them pumped for this get shit. Get a little foreplay in there. Say, hey, we're going to watch the Flyers soon. 72 days. Counting down each day. 72 days. Um, Looking forward to it. Me too. I can't wait. I want really want to go to the home opener. I think they're the home opener, so they start, I think we talked about it last week, they start in the Czech Prague or some other weird country. I Not weird you, country, you, you know. We, we like other Prague. countries. Prague is right. Prague, yeah. Um, no. Why Prague? Uh, I don't. I don't know. You'd have to call the commissioner of the NHL and ask him. I feel like I'm that's sure like, he doesn't even have an answer. I feel like that's like a rich place. All I know is that they start in Prague and then they go five days off and then they start in Philly. Okay. Tonight, so. I feel like that's a trend in sports now. They're like starting early in like some random location. They're doing like a they're, they're doing like a special event type like, series. Yeah, like baseball did that with uh, Tokyo this year. Yeah, that's that's kind of the NHL's trying to find their niche. When, when the Mariners decided they wanted to go on like a twenty game win streak and then fall apart right after that, so that was fun. That's baseball for you. That's the podcast, everyone. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So tell me about the Flyers. What do you th- What are you thinking right now? Um, so basically, I figured. I think last week I said that I was going to save the lineup projection for this week, and okay. I kind of just want to give my my idea of what I think will happen post training camp and who will start on this the team come game one of the regular season. Um, and then I'll also just kind of talk about players that I think need or will step up. And, yeah, we'll go from there, and then we'll All jump right. into the Phils. Sounds good. Because the Phils have a lot more to talk about. So, so. are you going to go, like, line by line here? Yeah, I, uh, okay. I actually wrote out the lines right here just so. At least who I think. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of shifting we can get around, and I'll, I'll, we'll go into it. Okay. All right. So, um, so, obviously, I talked about last week the – various free agent pickups and trades and acquisitions that they've done to kind of shift the core around. So I think that they are a more complete team this year. Okay. Regardless of who ends up on this team, I think that they're a better team than they were last year in the past five years. We like completeness here. Oh, I mean, complete for the Flyers. That's like (laughs) half. But (laughs) but, um, So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, there's like a 
2.8% chance that we win a game. Um, One game? Look, I'm, I got a little... I thought you were talking improvement this year, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so, yeah, I think they're a better team. I think, like I said, they're going to get comfortably in the playoffs and they'll go for there. I actually think I saw... I think I tweeted about this the other day. I believe that they're going to end up in the 90 to 96. No, they're going to end up in the 96 to 98 point range. But okay. I think the division's going to be a little weaker this year, so I think that they're going to be comfortably already clinched. Mm-hmm. But I think that like to end up in like a premier position, like second or third of the division, they're going to need to get to like 96 points, which okay. I think they'll do fine. I think that it's easy because I don't think the division's as strong this year, so I don't think they're going to need that because the past couple of years it's been like 95 points you've needed to clinch. You're good. You're good. But. Um, yeah. Noted. <laughs> so, lineup predictions. Who do I think is going to end up on this team? I think the team's going to fold. No, I'm completely kidding. <laughs> no, I think we're. I think uh, so. The first line will be Couturier is the starting center, which doesn't shift from last season. Giroux on the left wing, which obviously also doesn't shift mm-hmm. from last season. Claude. And then. I have Konechny on the right wing because I believe that he's the best uh, other winger for that top line. But I will get into another possibility once I read all the lineup and everything. Um, second line, I have our newly acquired second center, Jimmy Hayes as the center, JBR as the left wing, and Voracek as the right wing. So for the top six right there, you already have like deep scoring threat. Yeah, that's so pretty I good. I don't think scoring will have a problem. JVR. JVR had 26 last year, and he was hurt for the first month and a half of the season. So he's, he, I think he's, he's we're going to have a I mean, he's season. a stud, so. I love JVR. I'm glad we got him back. Um, so then the third line, we're going to have Nolan Patrick, who I think is going to thrive as a third liner. And this mm-hmm. will help him uh, mold into the second liner I think he's going to end up becoming. Because, yeah. like, would he face, like, lesser shifts at that point, too? That, and also the competition that will be a little bit less. Yeah. Like, he's, he was facing last season, he was facing high-end players, but this will help him kind of mold his game a little more. And he's he's already started to, I think, improve, so I think he can mm-hmm. only go up from here. Um, left wing, you got Oscar Limbaum, who I think is going to have a huge season. He's He had... Oscar. I know, it was O-S-K-A-R. Not, oh, God. Yeah. But um, I think he's, uh, he's, he's one of those under-the-radar guys who came in, and all of a sudden, like, he's got scoring threat. He's, a, he's got a really good shot, and I think him and Patrick have really high chemistry. So them on the line together is going to be great. Now, this the right wing is my question mark because there was a, rumors that they were going to pick up a free agent, mm-hmm. just some third wing, third right wing guy. Um, but I actually think that they're going to pull someone from the farm system who comes in the training camp, either Morgan Frost, who's our like high-end prospect at the moment, who we got in the Shen trade. I mean, he sounds like a he sounds yeah. like a flyer, yep. or like a hockey player. So, um, Joel Farabee, who's actually from this area, he grew oh, up. Okay. Yeah, he uh, cool. he plays at he played at BU last year. Um, cool. Isaac cool. Radcliffe, who we talked about, who you said is a wizard, um, but he's like the he's, he's like, a wizard. Isaac. He's like a stronger skater, Wayne Simmons. Like he's got that scoring threat. Okay. And then yeah, so I think one of those three. I think the best possibility. I think Morgan Frost is still a little too. Thin. I think he needs to make up 
more muscle before he jumps up to the big league. So I think he'll play a season in the minors. You know, he could get pulled up sometime during the season if he's having a good uh, season in AHL. But I think Farabee and Radcliffe are your two possibilities. So you want him to be ripped, like, so he can just say, like, people will be like, oh, you're wearing your pads today. And then he'll Batman that shit. I'm not wearing hockey pads. Is that where you want him to be? I don't know. I don't think so. Because I think if he's that big, then I think he'll skate around like the rock walks through doors. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's a physical play type, right? You want... I want it, him to be able to if move. The, if the rock was on the flyers, <laughs> I want him to be able to maneuver around the ice. I don't want him that. I don't want him to be a rock going down the ice and just basically go from point A to point B and not be able to turn. Right, well, I mean, if, if you're scoring every time, it don't matter. You got a point. If he's running into the goalie every time and just paralyzing him, I guess Sweet. then. Um, all right. To the fourth line, we have Scott Lawton, who I've always liked. I think he's a heart and soul player, and he's basically already vocalized that he wants to win. Okay. And he's he was one of the bright spots last season, so I'm really excited to see what he does this season. He uh, he's a hundred percent effort guy, which obviously we like in this city. But I think he's gonna have a good season. Michael Raffle, who feels like he's been around for forty five years, um, is that left wing. And then we in uh I don't know if we talked about it last week, but they made a straight up trade right before free agency. Um, they traded Ryan Hartman, who they got at the trade deadline last year for a guy named You'll like this name. Tyler Pitlick. Oh, God. <laughs> so I think he'll obviously slide into the fourth line. And um, apparently him and Hartman are pretty close in terms of skill-wise, but I think Pitlick's just a little bit more consistent. Okay. So, yeah, he's like a wash type thing, but he's a good fourth-line player, and he's a, he's physical, so he'll be good on the fourth okay. line. So, um, How much are Pitlick jerseys going for? I know that's obviously you're going to be your fan because you seem that you pick up on one niche player every year that's like yep. no one else really likes, and you just Devonte Smith Pelly. He's still we're still holding out for him to be signed here. <laughs> um, but I'll jump into the D. But before I do that, the thing I was going to say was another way that they could do this is I think they could move Konechny down. But I don't want him to be down. But I think also, I think the lineup's very strong this year, and there isn't really a sole, like, maybe the fourth line's the only, like, fourth line. But mm-hmm. I think one, two, and three are all pretty similar. Okay. Maybe, like, the first line is the first line. The second and third line are, like, 2A and 2B. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, so I think that you can move Konechny down to even, like, the third line with Patrick and Limbaum, and that would just be a really, which... I honestly think that line would be so good if you put them together. Well, I mean, it'd be really fast, and they'd be just consistent threat. And then I yeah. think you move Morgan, whoever comes into the system, Morgan Frost, Farabee, or Radcliffe, I think you can put them on the first line and have Drew and Couturier mentor them. Okay. But I also, because also it helps Patrick not having to be this guy who's trying to find his own game while also having to teach a young rookie, you know, help him find his game so it'll be it'll take less pressure off of Patrick I don't think there's that much pressure I think that if you put one of those guys with Patrick and Limbaum I think this lineup's gonna thrive like I don't think Mm -hmm. there's I don't think there's a hole in the lineup anymore okay including the D which I'll go into now the D so I have this weird the defense I don't really know where they're gonna end up putting who with who or whatever but here's my idea of what I think the perfect setup would be so I think Travis Sanheim and Matt Niskanen is the first line of D, which I mm-hmm. think Sanheim's offensive threat mixed with Niskanen's more 
you know, smooth puck moving ability will, and also like steadiness in his own zone will help Sanheim thrive in terms of pushing the puck up the ice. So it'll always be, so I think they'll be a, they'll match well together. Ivan Provorov and Nicholas Braun, the other guy we got in a trade, um, I think they'll be good together. Provorov needs to, he had a little bit of an off year last year. Mm-hmm. So I think he needs to have somebody who will steady him down a little bit. I think Braun will do really, I think Braun or Niskanen are honestly like swappable. So I don't think like there's, I don't think you can, so if like Niskanen and Provorov are together and Braun and Sandheim are together, I don't think it'll hurt or help either. I think they're both good vets that'll help the young D core, okay. especially those two. And then, uh, Gossesbeer and Myers Ghost. will be the third D pair, which is like a really stellar D pair. But also we have Sam Morin, who's like that big Chris Pronger guy who's been hurt ever since we drafted him, and he's been having some rough go around. Is Pronger still on the team? No, we traded him. <laughs> we traded him, and he somehow wasn't even eligible to play anymore when oh we got God. rid of him. But um, I think Sam Morin could possibly be the seventh D and make his way into the lineup. But it's the thing about us is like, we have a lot of stuff to work with mm-hmm. that, like, obviously the more competition, the better in terms of making the team. It'll oh, help yeah, be healthy course. competition. But we're, like, almost, like, overwhelmed with assets at this point. Hey, if that's your biggest problem. No, yeah, no. I think this is the first time we've had this problem in a while. Yeah. Because we've always needed something, but this year we're actually mm-hmm. pretty, you know, bearing any energies, not going in energies, <laughs> bearing any. Big stick energies? <laughs> Bearing any injuries, knock on wood, um, I think this team is complete. Like I think they're going to be fine going into game one. They're going to be all set. And obviously Carter Hart will be the goalie, and Brian Elliott will be the backup, and that's a good one-two punch right there because I like Elliott. I'm one of the rare Philly fans who actually thinks he's a really solid goaltender when he's healthy, and I think him as like a backup to Carter Hart will help, one, have a veteran mentor him, mm-hmm. and two, if need be, Carter Hart goes down or um, – yeah. Or if, like, he needs a rest or something, then Elliot's a good guy to throw in there for a game or two, and then he'll yeah. be fine. Or even, like, a period just for, like, a... Well, they don't do that usually. Because Carter, goalies, if you pull them out midway through the game, they get kind of pissed off. And goalies are head cases, uh, okay. so you kind of... It's like a pitcher. Like, if you mess with a pitcher's vibe, then, like, the whole entire... He's going to throw off his entire momentum. So with a Well, goal, he can grow up and learn to live with it. <laughs> And that's how the Flyers never won a cup again. Um, which honestly, we're still still the moral of the story. They, they just keep throwing goalies out there. <laughs> last what was it last year? It was like there was some absurd number last year. We were like, do we hold the record for most goalie starts in a season of different goalies? We had like twelve or something. Like it was absurd. Maybe even that no, was definitely something absurd. It was like twelve. Um, but yeah. So I think that that's going to be the final lineup. Okay. At least for the beginning of the season. I mean, it sounds great. And then um, I can just talk briefly about players throughout that lineup who I think need and will step up this season. Okay. So Give it to me straight. This team's going to fold, like I said. But, um, no, Couturier and Giroux. They don't, I think Drew's going to have a little bit of a better season last year, but he's still been arguably the most consistent player for the past eight years. I mean, he is clawed. Yeah. Because Aurier had, has had 33 and 35 goals the past two seasons, so I think he's fine. Um, Konechny needs, needs to, I think, a little bit, but also I don't think it was completely his fault last season. He didn't score as many goals. I think he was hindered by the fact that Hackstall was a big dope. Um, they did not have a big enough stick. 
yeah, he actually got a new stick this season. He's going to utilize a bigger, longer reach with his stick. Is that real? No. Real news? No, fake no. news. Okay. Um, Damn it. Uh, and then um, Konechny, I think, is going to step up this season in a big way when he's paired with actual line mates who will help his game and not have him basically lugging the work. Okay. Uh, Voracek. Voracek's a big guy. This He had a pretty... He had a great start, then a slow finish. Um, he was, like, consistent, but fans are always riding him because they want him to be, for some reason, they want him to have, like, 150 points, which is, like, unrealistic. I think everyone I, would like that. Well, yeah, <laughs> but they're, like, unrealistic to Voracek because sometimes Voracek can be seen as a little bit lazy because, like, he'll do this thing where, like, he'll be this unstoppable force on the ice and then for some reason he'll make a stupid like mistake like giving the puck up real easily, but I think Voracek's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got a new coach. He's got he you know there's a lot of new pieces to play with. I think he's gonna finish with a like in the 80s or 90s point rise. Um, I'll take Hayes, that. I don't know how Hayes is gonna be honestly because it's a new team. I mm-hmm. can't judge until I see him start playing. So I'm gonna leave Hayes with a question mark. JVR. Had a good season last year. He was hurt. I think this season he'll continue that and also probably add a couple goals. Um, Patrick needs to step up. Now, I don't necessarily – I think – see, I can't I can't make a judgment because I don't know yet. I think he's going to be better on that third line, but he does this thing where he'll, like, disappear for games, have a couple games, then disappear again. Where does he go? Does he join Gus this beer? Yeah. They just, like, disappear? I don't well, know where. I, trust me, I'm getting to him soon. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, the rest of the team, I mean, I think they're, they're lower uh, six players. I don't know who's going to make the team with the third line right wing, so I can't say if they're going to step up or not because, for all I know, they could be playing floor hockey because they won't make the team. But yeah. uh, And then defensemen, um, Sandheim's been relatively consistent and strong. I think he can only go up from here. Niskanen's a vet, so I just expect him to be a good vet presence. Same with Braun. Um, Provorov needs to step up. Like he's he had a slip, really really rough season last year, and he's trying to get a big contract this summer. Like he's trying to, he's still in. I think he's an RFA right now. So what's a big hockey contract? Like eight years he wants. For, like, for how much? Like like whatever eight times eight is or whatever. So sixty four. Okay. Million, which is a lot of money. Well, I was asking spent. like per year, so like eight so million eight, a year. Eight, eight, eight years, eight million. Oh a boy, year. come over to the baseball side of things. Yeah, no, that's not <laughs> but I don't know. He wants, but he, I don't think he's worth that yet. No. Like, I don't think he's shown that he's like. I don't think he's earned the oh. right to ask for that. But I think I think he's going to be better too because I think he's going to again have a partner who's going to help balance him out a little bit. Yeah, and and he's he's one of those guys who, even when he's having a rough. Uh, season, he's not necessarily like playing crappy. Mm-hmm. He's he's genuinely just making mistakes. He makes stupid mistakes sometimes, but he's also still young, so I give him the benefit of the doubt. But I don't know. I think he's. Gonna, I think he needs to step up, and I think he will step up. Ghost absolutely has to step up, or by the trade deadline, he's getting traded. Like that's that's the end of the story because we have another we have other D men who can fit in there, and I think Ghost needs to find his game. And I think he will find his game with less pressure. But if he doesn't, he's gone by the trade deadline. Like okay. We're going to trade him. All right. And then finally, Phil Myers. I think that he's going to have a 
better season, but to be fair, last season he was probably our most consistent consistent <laughs> consistent defenseman in terms of just like his composure. He wasn't drafted and it was his first full season last year, so the fact that he was able to jump in and kind of just be a pretty steady solid defenseman is crazy and I'm excited to see him uh make the next step he's basically like a hybrid of offensive puck moving like a gossip beer and then the steady defensiveness of like a Provorov Provorov moves the puck but he's definitely more steady defensively so it's it's going to be really cool to see him take the next step and honestly I think Phil Myers going to be one of those defensemen who comes out of nowhere and people are just like where did Phil Myers come from and be like honestly we have no idea but we're glad we have him Philly Myers for the Philadelphia Flyers. That's not going anywhere anytime soon. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep happening. All right. Um, but <laughs> besides that, that's it for Flyers talk this week because there's nothing else going on. And I just wanted to, you know, jump into the lineup predictions. And hopefully next week something happens. I mean, I, I don't think there will be anything, but there could be a trade, there could be a signing. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's a bit. So let's, uh, let's hop on into those Philly fills. Let's do it because this was a fun week. And by fun week, I mean not the best week. But I mean, we're winning games. That's always good. It but was, the way we're doing it isn't the best way. Anyway, before any of that, I need to tell you about a, a dream and – I won't call it a dream. I'm going to call it a premonition that I had one night. Okay, you got my attention. So, picture this. Well, don't picture this, but so I'm dreaming. I'm picturing that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm picturing you laying there just with your eyes closed. Is this what you want me to say? For whatever reason, I had a dream about the one and only Bryce Harper. It was. What kind of dream was it? Romantic? I would say buddy comedy, you know. <laughs> it's like rush hour with Bryce Harper and you. So, yeah, basically. No. But, um, yeah, so I, I had a dream that uh, Bryce Harper, uh, for whatever reason, it was, I, I swear to God, it was like a buddy comedy, shows up at my door with, like, a bunch of guys, and they're just like, oh, yeah, Bryce Harper, he's the man. He's the, he's the Phillies legend, Bryce Harper. And then he, me and him end up having, like, a heart-to-heart. Con- or conversation and he's just like man I just want somebody to respect me as a person not the Phillies player and I'm like I'm your man buddy so we went out and had cheesesteaks together and we uh we, we that's like, not good for him no. if you want him to have peak performance Bryce Harper giving him greasy cheesesteaks in the offseason he can have a cheesesteak was this okay? the offseason you didn't yes. really describe it, the setting of it, the dream it, it all happened very quickly me and Bryce Harper became best friends and like alright well obviously the plot of this of dream was pretty you know there wasn't any development here it's not exactly I'm not I'm not trying to write a film here I'm just trying to talk about talk about when my I, dreams when I, when, you know, I like my dreams to have a, an Act 1, an Act 2, and an Act 3, so I expect you and Bryce to be doing your own things in Act 1, come together in Act 2, and then basically, There, you know. there was a part where he was kind of worried that I was just starting to treat him like a Philadelphia Philly, and I was like, nah, Bryce, that's not me. And we just went and had, uh, I took him to City Hall, and we, we just hung out, talking talking baseball, you know. But not about him. But not Phillies. We're not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I, I want to stress that this was a mutual baseball kind of like, like field of dreams but it's yeah like field of bryce yeah it was a field <laughs> of, the city of bryce the city of bryce 
it was it's quite an emotional roller coaster because I, I hope you go back to sleep tonight and there's a sequel called City of Bryce Two. Reese Reese joins in. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo with Reese. <laughs> that would becomes be awesome. like an Avengers but style franchise. Anyhow, Bryce, if you're listening. I will. I will hang out. I will. I will even offer to buy. I know you got millions Actually, of dollars, but well, I'll. I'll cut, buy cheesesteaks. I'm gonna cut you off there, Bryce. If you're listening, please get in contact with us and come on the podcast because we would really appreciate yeah. your prowess, not as a Philadelphia Philly, but as a person. Exactly. We want to know the real Bryce Harper. Yeah. We honestly, we don't even want to talk about baseball. We want to talk about you. We want to know. Well, that's a falsity, but you know. I mean, All right. Yeah. I, honestly, we really only want to know about baseball. We don't care. No, I, no, we we do care about the Bryce Harper the person, but we also care about Bryce Harper the Philly, which he did. He had a pretty pretty good week. I mean, uh, he he's been doing good things lately. Runners in scoring position, he's a freaking tank. Actually, see, I do this often because I did it last week with Pavetta. We talked about it. I cut your Eflin talk off. Don't you dare diss my Bryce Harper's talking. No, I was gonna go into it, and I'm gonna kind of go from Harper to his cleanup Hoskins who because you know they're batting after it well right it's it's Harper Hoskins usually right? usually they actually last two games today again today and the night close? before with the uh, Tigers he's been kind of moving uh, Hoskins around just to just to experiment a little bit well which I'm okay with it's been working because Hoskins has, has he's hit basically he's won us two games mm-hmm and he's just Actually, I, I would say he's won us three games personally, but continue your thought. Oh, I was just saying that I think Hoskins has had a good week. It just kind I of think reminded so too. me. But I do want to hear about Harper. I want to hear about what well, he's... Well, Harper, for whatever reason, this is the stat that's popping up everywhere. I mean, it's a really good stat. He's hitting like almost 400 with the runners in scoring position, which is crazy because that just means he's an RBI machine. And he's he's got like 70-some RBIs right now. Um, which is great considering it's only July and there's still a couple months to play. Um, a lot of people look at Bryce and think he's not having a productive year. He's been batting like 300 since June, which is how many home runs does he have? He doesn't have a lot of home runs, but like I think that's the problem. If, yeah, everyone's expecting home runs this year. The yeah. Phillies just aren't hitting home runs, and I want to kind of contribute that to their hitting coach John Maley. Who I feel like has the complete wrong approach. For I mean, he you know basically would have the right apo- approach. Who? Dusty. Dusty Watson. I think he kind of he kind of sucks as a third base coach. I think too, he should be, be the coach of them all with a name like that. Yeah. He should no. be the manager, the GM. The I'd take Dusty Baker over Dusty Watson. But anyhow, give me a coach named Dusty, and I'll be the happy fan. Anyhow, yeah, Bryce has been kind of killing it lately, and I'm happy to see it because. I mean, obviously the power numbers aren't where you want them to be. I mean, he's still hitting doubles, still knocking in runs. Um, I'm happy with his performance this year because I don't think we would have had a player like that otherwise. I'd say he's, personally, I think he's worth the money just because of all the revenue he's bringing in already. But, I mean, he, he plays his heart out. He's doing his job. I mean. He's a Philadelphia athlete. Yeah. Because he's working his ass off no matter what. Exactly. You know, even if he's not hitting home runs, he's you can tell he's giving 100% effort, which is honestly, that's all I personally, and I'm sure you personally, can ask for. Like, yes, I want offensive production, but if I at least he's, you know, 
as long as he's giving effort and and he and I never doubt the fact that he wants to be there. He want you can you know he wants to win. Mm-hmm. That's all he cares about. I think he loves the city personally too. I, yeah, he's I, not, he went from, uh, uh, for lack of better words, bullshit fan base that pretends to be winners with the Nationals to a team that actually is going to give a damn about him. So, I don't think he ever would have had the. Uh, I don't think he ever would have had the. Uh, Fan base in that in Washington that he would have had that he's gonna have here no, I think for that's 13 a favorite. years. I think that's something he picked on immediately. Is that are honestly sometimes Philadelphia fans we suck sometimes. are idiots we and suck. we are. But the thing that's never misplaced is our knowledge. We are smart. At, we are smart fans. Mm-hmm. Like we we know the game, and I think he's appreciates that because when yeah. you go from somewhere like Washington. Where people, you know, ate people to per se, because I don't honestly, every time that I've seen their stadium, it seems like it's predominantly Phillies fans and maybe like the same three fans are scattered. I would say that's a little bit less of a fact now, but at one point, yes, it was that. Um, but the, the Nationals just kind of. And then you're going to a game like the Phillies. I don't know if they honestly sell out every game, but they're no, they don't. damn near close. <laughs> like, they're they're at least a decently packed stadium every game. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun atmosphere. Yeah, and, like, he, you there. can tell he embraces that. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I mean, like, even last week we said that he's had at least, he was at least going up, and mm-hmm. I think he's continuing to go up. There hasn't been, like, a plateau. It's yeah. just. So. And, you know, I, I really think that he's going to really improve once he realizes that he's missing his best friend Jim Coleman and seeks me out somehow Maybe Bryce he, I'm here you buddy know, he could you guys could have had like a telepathic like dream <laughs> together and like it's, maybe re- he, it's really funny because like three years ago I fucking hated his guts <laughs> no I know I remember like was it two years ago when it was like kind of rumored that he was going to come here which yeah. again is crazy to think about the fact that like two years ago people were saying Bryce Harper wants to come to the Phillies and then he actually ended up coming to the Phillies. Like, that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's fun. It's good stuff. But um, it's all, it's I remember when I brought up to you, I was like, dude, what do you think about Bryce Harper? And you're like, no, fuck that. I don't want that piece of shit on my team. And then out of, like, maybe, like, three months span last year, there was, like, I remember saying, like, did you want Bryce Harper? You're like, shit, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like he's a good guy. He 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 turned around. I think the, yeah. I think the reason you didn't like him was because he was a national. Not really that. He just had a kind of an arrogance when he was on the Nationals. Now he's just like humble. He's real. He's just he's Bryce Harper. Maybe Harper. you're just seeing the humbleness now. You yeah. could also be seeing it because maybe you didn't know because you're only seeing what the media. I mean, he's he's one of those superstars who definitely enjoys the the light like he loves being on camera and he loves all the having fun with all that and like obviously with the whole like mlb the show cover mm-hmm. and everything like he enjoys that but i feel like this is the one thing that doesn't escape is the fact that he just loves baseball and he just wants mm-hmm. to win so we're getting yeah. kind of off topic here just yeah jerking harper off but all right i'll get back into it um so bryce is obviously <laughs> doing a pretty good job um me I'll talk about a little bit about the Pirates series. So before the Pirates series, they uh, the Phillies made a couple moves. They got um, Drew Smiley, which I love. I love that name, Drew Smiley. I mean, it does bring a smile to your face, especially the way he plays. Shout out to our one uh, follower on Twitter that joined just because of my Th- Thanos meme. I'm proud of that. 
We uh, appreciate we appreciate, and you should share around for more great content that will be coming. And I'm going to be 100% honest that anytime you see a meme like that, it's, it's me. <laughs> no. no. No, it's Jim. <laughs> He's the meme king. Damn right. And um, I'll pretend that I, you know, if you ever see a shitty meme and all of a sudden you're just like, wow, it's like a, it's like two sides of a coin. Know that I'm the more battered, rusty side of the coin. <laughs> All right, back to you. So, so they got Drew Smiley, who pitched a gem. I'll say a gem of a of a game because I, only because Philly's pitching has not thrown too many gems this year. So, and the fact that he kind of so he gave up a run early on, yeah, and pretty much settled in right there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was able to come in his first game, and yeah. the pitching's been a bit of a toss up, and we you know we I, haven't really known. Yeah, I think he came in. He's like, you know what? I'm playing for a contender. I want to stay here. I'm a lefty on a team that has, like, zero lefties, which actually out of the bullpen, no, they do, which is crazy and great. But, um, no, he settled in pretty good after that first run that he let up. Um, He had eight strikeouts, which is great to see. Um, The Phillies also got a guy, Mike Morin. I know everyone thought it was – Mike Miner, uh, he he let up one run in the uh, Pittsburgh series. Uh, I don't think he's pitched since then, which I'd like to see more of him. Uh, there's a lot. Apparently he's good against lefties. I kind of got wishy-washy with the games this weekend. It was a lot going on, so I didn't see every everything that was going on, but I, I did look at some of the highlights. And I wasn't unimpressed with him. Uh, they got Drew Smiley. They got Mike Morin. Uh, Arietta had a start that looked really good. He had a start. Consider- yeah, he had a start. So we got good half of Arietta. We got all right. So I'm going to make a little comparison here. I don't know if you've ever seen the the movie Rookie of the Year with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm, maybe. Is the one about the little kid? Yeah, he gets injured, and then yeah. he can suddenly pitch. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So that's Jake Arrieta right now. <laughs> His arms are about to fall off, but, you know, he's pitching phenomenally. and we're He's getting, going out swinging. We're getting five innings of uh, Jake Arrieta that can actually pitch, and it's it's a nice change of pace. Uh, velocity hasn't really messed up a lot. Um, he looked consistent out there. Obviously, there were some innings where he was kind of all over the place. Um I think he had a pretty strong showing. And that's two starts in a row, too. One against the Dodgers. Or no. Yeah, one against the Dodgers and then one against the Pirates, which is cool. Always a good thing to see. Um, And then Eflin pitched against the Pirates and got shelled a little bit again, which is kind of a trend for him. Uh, So Pavetta... No, (laughs) not Pavetta. I I actually... actually, all right, I'll talk about that in a little bit, but I, yeah, I'll Eflin, let you finish your Eflin talk. Eflin said that he was feeling heavy after his after his when he's pitching. Hey, he said everything feels heavy, so I don't know if that's just gravity on a six foot six frame or that what. He needs to but jump he's on a treadmill. Is that what he's talking? No, he just he says he he feels heavy. He feels like worn out. Does he have vertigo? I don't know, and it, it, <laughs> he says it's nothing medical. That needs to be worried about, but I really think he needs like some time off. 
which stinks because we don't have anyone to put in that spot. But hopefully, hopefully the Phillies he can acquire. He feels heavy. He feels heavy. That's what he says. He says he feels heavy. That's great. Yeah, I don't really know what to talk about that there. He, I, I just feel like his approach to the game has changed since he, uh, since the beginning of the year, really. Um, before, be, yeah. before he was just mixing and matching with his fastball. Now it just seems like his game plan seems a little, uh, like, unprepared almost. Like, I don't think he's listening to JT Realmuto as much as he should be. He's a wild card. Yeah. Like, he had a really good game plan. He was attacking hitters. He, he had control over his fastball and all of his other pitches. Let me stop you there. Yeah. I want to ask you something that I've always wondered in my lack of baseball knowledge that I mm-hmm. have. So what – I figured a pitcher is always attacking the hitter because he's throwing right. a ball at them. What does attacking the hitter mean? So attacking a hitter is basically throwing strikes. You're going to throw strikes inside, outside, up and down, avoiding the middle of the plate. So if you're not attacking a hitter, that means like you're either you're potentially – You're nibbling. Like, so like you're going out a little bit outside or trying to get away from the guy. So you're staying in or, the box is attacking – or like yeah. at least around the box. Or Eflin, Eflin, before, he was just pounding the inside, inside corners, mixing and matching inside and outside. He was going – he was just getting the hitters to not know where his balls were going. But in the meantime – or at the present moment – he just doesn't seem to have that game plan, and it's really showing because his secondary stuff, other than his fastball, isn't great. So when he doesn't have that control of the fastball or deception with it, it's just not making it. It's making it so much harder for his other pitches to kind of work out for him. And on top of that, the command isn't there yet anymore, which we were raving. Well, not we, but. Just Philadelphia was th- thinking, oh, hey, we got a nice solid middle of the rotation guy now. He's He has control over his fastball. Wait. And he's getting ground outs. Not striking guys out, but he's he's working through innings. So this city, thinking that they had something, and then it's, it actually not panning out. It's kind of a letdown. It's pretty much every season for every yeah, sport. Pretty much. Yeah. But you know, I haven't given up on him. I just think he might be—he might have some kind of injury, sickness, illness, something that might just need to get through. And he's got gravitas, where he's just gravity getting pulled down. <laughs> yeah. So Eflin's gravity situation is not great. All right. Well, uh, we're going to keep an eye so on his gravity situation. I made a note during that game as well. Nick Pavetta went to the bullpen, which he was not happy about, but. Uh, that was his first game in the bullpen, and he sucked, <laughs> for lack of a better word. He came in, pitched two innings, gave up two runs in both of those innings, and, and then uh, he was like, "Get out of here." And we were, I was, I was, I was ready to write him off and just say get rid of him because he's just going to throw a tantrum and not want to pitch here anymore. I'm like, "Good, we'll get rid of you. You'll be a nice trade piece because you do have the stuff." But. You know, he uh, he made up for it in the Tiger series. I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, Ranger Suarez, I I tweeted this, but uh, I'd like to coin the term Ranger Danger because I think we have something here. I think we have a left-handed long reliever that can come in in high-leverage situations and get it done. Ranger Danger? Ranger Danger. I like it. 
Ranger Suarez. <laughs> Ranger Suarez. All right, getting myself. Sounds like a, a cowboy. Getting myself a Ranger Suarez jersey. Do it. He's gonna be here. For three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Before he gets injured. <laughs> Before he either gets injured or he gets traded for uh, Chad Qualls. So yeah, he did really good. He was just getting guys out, and they didn't know what to do with him. Both in the Pirates game and in the Tigers game that he pitched in on uh, Tuesday, he just looked really good and really consistent. He has a really nasty changeup. That's looking. Suarez. Yeah, he's that's like his. It's like his pistol. He's got a. <laughs> You're gonna try to make this cowboy thing up. He's gonna be a cowboy. <laughs> Ranger Suarez is a cowboy. I mean, it just sounds like it. He sounds like a. Like a cowboy from Arizona so or something. When like he, that. His, so his walkout <laughs> song. Yeah, there's Ranger Suarez. His walkout song should be the song from the good, the bad, the ugly. Exactly, exactly. So that's a positive note. On a negative note, Tommy Hunter is done for the season because he's his arm just fell off. Um, <laughs> he he came back couple couple games this year. Looked amazing. Looked like exactly what we needed out of the bullpen, and just like that, it's gone. He gone. <laughs> Sad to see it. Veteran, our veteran le- relievers have pitched like ten innings this year, and Total. they're all they're all like dying. <laughs> uh, they, and they're all being paid a shit ton of money too. So that's like a big. I'm pretty sure it's like almost twenty five to thirty million that we're paying between the relievers between uh, Robertson, Tommy Hunter, and. Um, Pat Neshek, uh, they're all being paid a lot of money to sit on the IL, which is not great. The life. I mean, for them, they yeah. They do shit. <laughs> Robertson was supposed to be a big part of our bullpen this year. He has severely just not been there. <laughs> He's got a severe case of the not going to pitch this year probably. Fun times to be in Philadelphia reliever. Sir Anthony Dominguez, I'm betting he doesn't come back this year. Everyone's hopeful he does, but I don't want him to come back yet. Just because of the, like, it's either he comes back and does good or he gets Tommy John and he's done for, like, two years. We should start placing bets on this. <laughs> Who's going to get injured today? Because Gene Segura also got hurt. <laughs> he had a heel injury in the Pirates series. Uh, sat sat both games in the uh, Tigers series, which is... Is it not looking good for him to come back anymore? Oh, he's just a heel injury. I think it might just be a, just a nagging little thing that he should be back, hopefully this weekend against the Braves. Uh, could be. Hope, hopefully, he's okay. I think we have the stuff to replace him regardless, but I think he. Uh, I think he'll be back. Um, another point I thought was kind of hitting home during that Pirate series where Reese really didn't hit anything until the 11th inning of the last game. <laughs> it was the game-winning home run, but it was just kind of, I personally felt like it was kind of not looking great for Reese. His uh, batting average is down, and I know batting average isn't like the sole. He's got Mikel Franco. Oh, God, no. <laughs> syndrome where he disappears and then all of a sudden they'll hit the one home run and everyone will be like, hey! And then the next game it's all back to, oh, shit. I'll, I'll get into how I fixed Reese Hoskins in like 10 minutes, but in the meantime it was, I 
personally think it was not looking great for Reese Hoskins. His slugging percentage on base percentage were really good, so his OPS was a good, and which is OPS is a pretty good measuring stick of how good you're doing this year. He's got like a .91, which is good. It's it's one of the higher ones in Major League Baseball, and that's more of an indicator of how your season's going. But prior to this week's games, Reese was like, uh, he was batting 208. He had one home run and was batting, or had a 400 slugging percentage in his last seven games. But this was my more alarming thought that he was batting 220 with only six home runs. And only 13 RBIs over a 30-game span, which I looked at other comparable numbers to much worse players because I think Reese Hoskins is a beast. I, I just think this was a rough patch for him. He only had 13 RBIs. Most of the guys that are worse than him had like 20-some RBIs in that time span, and he's a cleanup hitter. Your cleanup hitter needs to be bringing in those RBIs. I get on-base percentage and slugging percentage are great, but when he's not driving in people and he's not... Like, yeah, when he's not driving people in, getting those RBIs, that's the cleanup hitter's job. He wasn't doing his job at that point. But he was also going through a slump, is what yeah, you Yeah, I mean, right? he, yeah, he was going through a slump. Um, Reese Hoskins is a streaky hitter, um, but this is, I think, probably his worst streak he's been on. He's still getting clutch hits, don't get me wrong. He's hitting more, he's hitting more uh, extra base hits than most players are doing right now, but they're just not coming at opportune times. Like, it'll be with bases empty, and then they'll get out of the inning because no one else behind them is getting on base or knocking him in. So basically, he was a, I personally think it was like a stagnant position for him where he's not, he's not producing runs, and no one's producing runs with him on base. So it's, it, yeah, he's getting on base, he's walking a lot, but it's not helping the team at that point. And that's what the cleanup hitter is supposed to do. Granted, there were other players in front of him that could have been on base in those times, but it just didn't work out. Obviously, over the weekend, he spiced it up a little bit, hit a home run to win the game in the Pirates series. He had a, two hits and a game-winning RBI in the first Tigers game and he had another RBI today which was great and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna take a little bit of the credit of that because I tweeted at at Reese Hoskins the other night telling him I want Beryl Delphia back do you know about Beryl Delphia was that last season no it was this season so do you know what like a barrel percentage is in baseball so like that's where you're making contact with the meat of the meat of the ball and it's has a high exit velocity and all that kind of stuff. He's hitting the ball hard. His barrel percentages were going down. It wasn't looking great. And I tweeted at him. I said, "Hey Reese, can we get some of this back? It'd be really nice." And I told him. I, I explained. I'm not trying to be a dick. I think he's. I think he's. I think he's just the bee's knees. <laughs> lack of a better term and you know what he did right after i tweeted he hit the home run no game winning rbi it was it was Is that the pirates game no tigers oh that was that was last night oh <laughs> I, I tweeted out i thought you did that recently 
Like, yeah, like, I did like it last, last night. I thought you did that the last <laughs> series. I didn't think you did it like this. Nope. This recent. No, it was last night and the inning. You single-handedly saved I, the Philly season. I did. He read that tweet and he said, "You know what, Jim? I'm going to go do it." Yeah, Bryce came over and gave him a pat on the back and said, "You got to help my friend." <laughs> Bryce came over. Yo, Jim tweeted at you. Get your shit together. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So that was that was great. We needed Baraldelphia back, and hopefully, Baraldelphia is here to stay. The next game, when we realize <laughs> that you've done nothing. <laughs> the Braves. Oh God. Um. Other news, uh, well, not other news, other things I noticed from those games. Uh, Nola had a pretty solid start. I was I was happy to see it. He had, uh, Kingery had the one error in the beginning of the game, kind of gotten all off his groove in the first inning. I feel like that's been kind of the story of Nola's starts lately. He's He hasn't been getting great defense behind him, and then he usually has like one or two long innings that kind of eat up a lot of his pitches, but he still gets out of it. I'm not complaining because he's getting six solid innings, and that's good enough. Uh, I'd like an extra inning out of him just because of our bullpen being so depleted right now. Um, but nevertheless, he he really brought it. Uh, granted, it was just the Tigers. Tigers are basically a... The bottom of the barrel? I wouldn't say bottom of the barrel. Ah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, Barrels. Yeah. Yeah, see, I picked up something. Sticks. <laughs> he sticked it up. <laughs> he sticked the barrel. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, the uh, the start was really good. He had some uh, some good strikeout action there. Uh, got kind of owned by Nick Castellanos on the uh, Tigers, but other than that, I think uh, a really solid outing. Only gave up the one run, earned run. One earned run. Uh, two runs, but one earned. Um, and that came later in the uh, later in the, in the innings, but hey, he, he's he's back on track, and that's what we need. We need that from our ace, and he's doing it. Uh, I think it was the last his last seven seven starts. He's really lived up to being uh, lived up to being our ace. I think Philadelphia is happy. We have at least one reliable arm right now. Besides uh, Rookie of the Year, Jake Arrieta. <laughs> There's going to be a movie starting Jake Arrieta, Bone Spur. <laughs> What's it going to be called? He has a Bone Spur. <laughs> it's going to be just Bone Spur? It's going to be Bone Spur. Like the Jake movie. Arrieta story. <laughs> this Sunday on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> right after uh, Christmas in July. <laughs> Uh, and the Bryce Harper, the Bryce Harper, Harper funny, funny comedy. Funny comedy. <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's a it's a lineup that that's a lineup any uh, Philly sports fan would like. <laughs> it's honestly gonna be really dependent on being a Philly sports fan because everyone else who watches this is gonna be like these movies fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, uh, so that game was really good. It went. Really long though. So Nola came out. That was the game that went that was fifteen that last, innings. Was that last night. It was last night. Yeah. It was a long game. Watched all of it, and it was just. Yeah, we're we're feeling it today. I mean, the bullpen did really good. They went eight scoreless innings. Um, they went uh five. No, they went four today. Four scoreless today. So. 
the last couple starts have been backed up by really solid uh, relief pitching, and that's something we haven't had all year. Um, obviously, Ranger Suarez came in. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, stole all our hearts. That that cowboy rode in, just, just pitched the night away. <laughs> Kapler's going to have a field day with it. It's just like, he's like, oh, I got a lefty. I got a lefty reliever. He's young. It's pretty good. I'm gonna ruin him. It's <laughs> a, a pretty good impression of. Uh, hey, you know why? I like I like creatine and I like pitchers from the left side. It's great. <laughs> Read my blog, bro. <laughs> Today I'm gonna ask the I'm gonna ask the team to give me a nickname. <laughs> I hope it's Skipper. Skipper Kapler. <laughs> exactly. Skip Cap. Anyhow, yeah, it's it's great. Uh, Ranger Suarez showed up. Uh, Nick Pavetta came in today, and oh no, this was yesterday. This was last night. He pitched three solid innings, and he was very emotional. He was very happy. He's a pitcher that shows a lot of emotion. I don't know if you've seen any of that, but after his fifth strikeout, he I'm pretty sure he yelled, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> and it was audible on the. <laughs> I love I love when broadcast picks up players chanting something like that, and you like, just let's, like let's go, and uh, that just kind of sums up the kind of series the season he's been having. Just three relief innings, relief innings, and he's yeah. he's fired up, you know, <laughs> against the Detroit Tigers, who hey, you got to start somewhere. They only have one good offensive player. <laughs> All two, if you count Miguel Cabrera, who's like just this ancient relic of a hitter nowadays. I mean, he's a solid, high average. But he used to be the, like the best hitter on the planet before Mike Trout. This was like talking 2011, but yeah, no, he's a he's a solid bat in their lineup, and Pavetta made them all look kind of stupid. When when his stuff is on, he's a really good pitcher. When he's gonna act like a crybaby, sucks. He, he's just like home run after home run. It's just not good. Um, yeah, he looked really good. And then Juan Nicasio came in to pitch some. I think he pitched two innings, and they were the longest innings I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> he loaded the bases at one point, or he came in with. Or two runners with, on. So two runners on, and then he didn't add. He added more. Did he bring? Did anyone score? No one scored. Surprisingly, it was just long and really hard to watch. Um, I'm pretty sure that was the inning. Yeah, he had two guys on base. Kapler was letting them pitch through it, and uh, they had a guy on second base. Batter hits it out to left field and right to Brad Miller. He got the ball, got the out, and I oh know it was a single. It was a single. I'm messing up my own story here, but uh, hit a single out to left field. Brad Miller picks it up and chucks a beautiful throw back to home plate to basically save the game. It would have been a walk off hit at that point 
and he just says, "You know what? I'm gonna see Real Muto, I got you. Make this tag, and we're all we're going extra. In, we're going another inning, and Reese Hoskins is gonna win us the game here. So he did that. Ball comes flying in. Real Muto makes the tag. It was a really close one because like he just got his sleeve <laughs> before he tagged, but it was a crazy, crazy catch to save the game. And to be honest with you, save the series because anything less than taking anything less than two wins in a two-game series against the Tigers is a loss in my opinion. Season's <laughs> over. It's not over, but it would have been just truly a demoralizing. It would have been, been, been so demoralizing. <laughs> everyone, I would, everyone would have such a worse outlook on this team right now if they lost a game to the Tigers because they're just not good. Uh, their pitching, the Tigers pitching kind of held our hitters at bay for most of the game, which is really frustrating. We had like 18 strikeouts in that in that long game yesterday, which was, I think, three away from the, no, I think it was one away from the uh, franchise record of strikeouts in a game. <laughs> so that's not great. Um, but who cares about strikeouts? Today was a very good game. They won uh, 4 nothing. Against uh, old Nationals pitcher Jordan Zimmerman, uh, he had a pretty good outing, which is not great because he sucks. <laughs> He's old now, uh, not really getting it done. He's got a seven point five ERA on the season, and we probably should have put seven runs up on him. <laughs> he just did not have his stuff today, and we only got four out of it. Um, Hoskins came through, added added some runs on. Uh, Kingery got on base a couple times. Real Muto had a nice home run. So did Nick Williams, who they just need to get rid of while they can, because this is probably going to be his only home run this like for the rest of the year. <laughs> He's got some value. Yeah. Oh, he hit a home run against the Tigers. <laughs> Trade the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually thinking that. Um, they're looking for an MLB-ready pitcher. Or, not pitcher. Uh, f- position player. And I think he would be a nice fit for them. Just be, just because I think he just needs a shot somewhere else. Um, yeah, uh, with that, I'll probably go into uh, a little it's bit a of the... big 4, four nothing win. Yeah, big 4 nothing win. Solid. They're going up a little bit. Pretty consistent week in I terms mean, of winning, at least winning. Yeah, There's I mean, since blitz. the deadline, they've been. Let me check. They have been seven and three. And here's a good stat for everyone out there who's, you know, worrying about the season. Uh, this time, during the 2008 World Series winning season, the Philadelphia Phillies were 54 and 48. We were also in first place, but we're in third place but right now. Standing now, <laughs> we, have, time. we have the same record. Different now, time, I'm, Eric. I'm trying to be positive here, okay? We're winning the World Series. I'm trying. I mean, it's great to have that outlook, but we're also six games behind the, the Braves. Sorry, we're and there. we are... Where are we? Oh, my God. Okay, we're, we're tied for the uh, second wild card position right now, which is kind of... Um, in the mix of a menagerie of different teams, we got the got the Nationals that are one game ahead of us, St. Louis that we're tied with, 
Uh, Milwaukee also has 54 wins. Um, they're one game behind us. And Arizona and San Francisco, who a majority of baseball experts were projecting those two teams to be sellers, are right in the mix of the <laughs> National League wildcard game as well. So, um, not great. as fo- It's a seller's, seller's market right now for uh, trades. Um, and those were two of the big teams that everyone was hoping was going to sell. So uh, we're going to be looking elsewhere for hopefully some trade pieces. I think the Tigers have a couple trade pieces I would be interested in, one being their closer, uh, Green, who has had a pretty solid season this year. Um, being on the Tigers. Being on the Tigers, yeah. To be fair, I feel like I feel I don't understand how the Tigers – uh, pitchers can be so bad when they have a one of the bigger ballparks in baseball. One of their players, uh, Nick Castellanos, was complaining the other day, saying, how the hell are we supposed to compete with the rest of the league with slugging percentage and whatnot if, <laughs> if our field is going to be three times bigger than the average, the average field, which I... I kind of feel like a lot of the balls that the Phillies hit in the, in these games would have been home runs at home. Um, and I kind of feel for the guy because he's a doubles machine and it's usually off the wall. So <laughs> <laughs> he, I, I think there was a stat. He, so he would have had 11 more home runs than he already had. So if you push that, if you make the field a little smaller, that, that team is hitting more home runs. At least he is. At least he is. And I think he would actually be a pretty good trade piece. He's uh, not under contract next year, so he'd be a rental, but I think you could probably sign him. Um, I think he would do really well in Citizen Bank Park. Um, He's listed as a third baseman, but he's playing outfield because he sucks as a third baseman. Um, Nice, I think I think he would settle in nicely probably in left field, probably move – Kingery or uh, Hazley out the center. Am I forgetting someone? No, we're good with that. Miller? No, well, Miller's a bench piece. He's not going to be an everyday player. Um, not with that attitude. <laughs> but next year, um, he could probably add some depth to this lineup. And just thinking about it, like, he would hit a lot of home runs in Citizen Bank Park. That's um, he, I always, you know who I always forget we don't have right now? Yeah. McCutcheon. McCutcheon. McCutcheon would be huge. He's the friggin' man. Have you, like, watched any of his Instagram, Instagram videos? So, yeah, that's <laughs> why I was, I was thinking about it. He's just, like, living his best life. I, I feel like he should be a motivational speaker on top of being a baseball player because he just... Did you see the one yesterday when he was just, like... I don't know what he was... He must have been getting ready to rehab his leg. He was in the hot tub, and he was just, like, I was skipping through, but then I got to the one where he was, like, or you just eat a mint. Lifesaver. <laughs> he just looks at the camera. I'm just like, he's just the champ. I I feel like he's got the mentality that we need to win. But it we need him. We need him on the field. <laughs> it sucks that he's not playing. Yeah. But um, he looks like a, I like him though. He seems like a really down there dude. Yeah. Hopefully he comes back next year, has a just as productive year as he was having here. Instead of blowing his knee out. Yeah, that sucked. That was um, just bad luck. That was, yeah. was that? it was just a collision. It wasn't even a collision. Thing. It was just his knee gave out on him because he twisted weird. That was the Segura thing, wasn't it? Yeah, but that was bullshit. Well, that's no, what I was it thinking. wasn't Segura's fault. 
It was no one's fault. But, yeah, no. it's just bad. You know, sometimes shit happens. Yeah. I would be a – but, anyway, back to Nick Castellanos. I think he would be a really good player, especially with McCutcheon back in this lineup. He would fill out the back. I mean, I've, I feel like Real Muto has been more of a six-hitter than a five-hitter this year. So I think that gives Hoskins a lot of uh, a lot more protection behind him. Um, and since he's getting on base, he can bring him in, being the doubles machine that he is. Um, I feel like he would be a really good addition to this team right now um, offensively because we kind of need a l- just a little bit more offensive pep. Uh, obviously, uh, I... I feel like a lot of our offensive problems this year have come from our hitting coach. He just sucks. But um, you know my two cents on that. <laughs> yeah, we His already name did that. Needs to be dusty. We already did that. Um, I think the Phillies have a couple trading pieces that I think would be they'd be able to use, especially if we're going to pick up a pitcher. Uh, Vince Velasquez, I think, is a good trade. Uh, a little bit of a trade bait kind of situation. Obviously, we need pitchers, but if he's going to help us bring in a better pitcher, I'd be all for using him. Nick Williams, I feel like, could be a good trade piece. He uh, he has the potential. He just hasn't shown anything this year. Um, I think a team willing to give him a shot, because he has played the major league level at a pretty productive rate. Um this year being a down year just, I think, because of inconsistency in playing time. Um, Michael Franco, I think he's I think he's a trade piece. I think that... Well, every three games. I, I don't know. I, I think there might be an approach problem. I think, once again, our hitting coach, John Maley, is kind of messing with our hitters. Uh, I'm not saying Franco was a great hitter. But last year he hit 280. He also, you remember, he started out pretty strong, and then all of a sudden yeah. something shifted. I mean, he so. has the potential to do yeah. it. I, I just don't think that their their approach to hitting has been pretty shitty, if you ask me. And uh, you know, I I think he would be a good candidate to go somewhere else and kind of pick up he where he left off last decent, season. He'd probably bring in a decent haul too, because I think he, he's productive. Yeah. I don't think he'd bring in a lot of people, but I think he would definitely be a c- component that we could tag along with someone uh, that, could, that could say, just to fill out the lineup a little bit for them, you know? Yeah. Like, the Tigers need third base help. So you add him in another piece and maybe go for... I would take Nick Castellanos or their pitcher. So you see you can package there? Um, wow. The Phillies are also kind of interested in, especially the last couple of days, Trevor Bauer, who is a head case, um, kind of a weird guy. He takes criticism online and responds to it in a very negative way. Wait, <laughs> um, who? Trevor Bauer on the Indians. Yeah, he's a weird guy. He's like... He's like he denied Pat Neshek. Uh, he's like crazy Arietta, like even crazier Arietta with the whole like I'm bit. gonna knock your head off thing, but he'll actually yeah. probably do it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He he's uh, 29, I believe, and he's under contract for next year, which would be nice. Um, he's a really good pitcher, um, and has kind of helped stabilize the Indians. Um, the Indians pitching a little bit. He uh, he's a good mentor for other people as far as pitching goes. Maybe not personally, but <laughs> he's definitely a good pitcher. And I'm kind of like wishy washy on 
whether he would be a good fit here in Philly because obviously Philadelphia media is. Oh man, would probably be all over him if he said some stuff. And you know <laughs> he something. would say something really stupid that the media here would love. Yeah. Although I won't bet the media has gotten a little better here. I think they've kind of cooled off a little bit. They're still we still are obviously. Yeah. But it's I think it's kind of gotten better. Yeah. Ish. Anyhow, it, it would just I, – I don't think he would mesh with a lot of the players on the team. I don't think he'd mesh with Gabe Kapler's agenda. Um, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with yeah, Gabe Kapler's agenda. Sore eyes, I think – yeah, it, we need some good pitching either behind or ahead of Nola because he could be that kind of arm for you. Um, and so that's basically – like they kind of want – Boyd from the Tigers, but I think he'd cost too much at the moment. Um, Maybe wait. Yeah, because Garrett Cole for the uh, Astros, he's projected to be a free agent this offseason, and he would be, he's on pace to uh, not break, but get a lot of strikeouts. Um, He's already at 200 strikeouts on the year, which is Usually that's a full year for most pitchers, um, and we still have two months, two two and a, I guess you could say, eh, yeah, two months left of baseball. The one thing we're excited for this offseason, though, is to watch how one full year of Harper and having him already on your side will help oh, yeah. see what he's going to bring in. That would be pretty good. Yeah. I also think that next year they're going to have a lot more of their uh, ideas of how their prospects are going to kind of turn out. Um Cause Alec this year Baum. was still like, it's still a rebuild year. Like that's the people. Yeah. It's it's like it's like near that end, but it's like people forget that we were not really supposed to be. Yeah, especially coming yeah. from last year, we we. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we made a lot of improve improvements. Um. But. It's not like you filled there all the were, holes you needed. Yeah, and I think yeah. people kind of glossed over that when they said they were going to spend stupid money. Yeah, you can spend stupid money, but still not compend, contend. Yeah, you got to spend stupid money on what you need. Exactly. Which we and, didn't need someone like Harper. Like yeah. you, you're not going to pass up Bryce Harper, no. but you um, need. Everyone's chanting overrated, and John Crook, man, John Crook was talking about it on the <laughs> on, on the uh, game last night when uh, – we were going to like extra innings. All the Tigers fans were chanting "overrated" when Bryce Harper would have by far been the best player on their team. Been the <laughs> Which, best player on their team in about what the last ten years? No, Miguel Cabrera was some kind of next level shit. Like he was hitting forty home runs, batting like three thirty. So, so it would have been Bryce Harper. <laughs> he's still been. on the team, and uh, he's still a productive member of the team. I mean. Bryce Harper would have been a lot better than him now just because of the fact that Miguel Cabrera is getting older and Bryce Harper is still 26. But um, I definitely think that Bryce Harper has eclipsed him as far as potential and playing ability. Um, yeah, he. it's just funny to listen to all the other teams think that they're better for not having Bryce Harper when – if they had Bryce Harper, they'd probably be a be contender. Re- must be relevant. <laughs> yeah. Like, when you have the face of baseball on your team, <laughs> you're kind of relevant. <laughs> it's just, it just kind of goes Even with it. Even when we're frustrated, we're still always <laughs> like, well, at least we, we have, have Bryce, Bryce Harper. <laughs> and he's my buddy, so. We're going to have to see next week if you have another. Another dream. Yeah, like a sequel. Where uh, Bryce Harper is hoisting the World Series trophy in 2019. 
Okay, I, I'll, I'll work on it. <laughs> this could all be a lucid dream I'm continuing to have. Dude, but. <laughs> yeah, we're not actually recording right now, but... We're not? No, we are. I was kidding. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scared me for a second there. But uh, anything else you want to jump um, into real quick? Yeah, real quick. Uh, a couple prospects I have on my list. I mean, uh, other than... Well, I have a couple of the usual suspects that everyone has on their list. Obviously, Alec Baum, he's... He's still hitting pretty well down uh, double A, which is nice. MCO. What? MCO? Double A, MCO. Oh, my God. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> That's okay. That went over your head. Yeah, that was... That, I'm um, not thinking that way. I'm, uh, I apologize for today. I have, I'm have i on, like, three hours of sleep today. Yeah, he but. woke up from that dream last night, and he just couldn't fall back asleep. <laughs> It's been the last couple nights. I just <laughs> but, um, um, so Spencer Spencer Howard. He's a pitcher that everyone's looking to actually trade right now because he could have some pretty good stuff. He'd be kind of like a headline piece of a trade to uh, move and improve someone's uh, pitching depth. Um, Bryson Stott, their first round pick from this year. He's doing pretty well in uh, Class A. Uh, which is great because usually you don't get that much turnaround the first year that you come into a professional league. And I have kind of like an outside pick that not a lot of people are going to know the name. His name is McCarthy Tatum. He's hitting like 330 in... Uh, Wait, what's his name? McCarthy Tatum. <laughs> like, the name alone is worth exactly. bringing up. He, he's listed as an infielder. No specific spot. Uh, kind of profiles as a third baseman or a first baseman, but he can play the other two positions. Um, and he's hitting for a high average right now. I'd like to see if that keeps up. Um, no one really projects him to be a kind of a mainstay, but he's definitely going to be a solid minor league player. But if he does pan out and kind of adjusts, especially with what the farm system is doing now, they're kind of... It was kind of interesting to listen to. A, I heard a piece on another podcast where they were kind of the Phillies are kind of looking at um, in their farm system preaching failure rather than success when they're doing like batting cage stuff. So like it's going to be more like real life pitching situations when they're in the batting cage and practicing because you can go into the batting cage and hit every ball. That doesn't mean it's going to transfer onto the field. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be doing more curve balls, more sliders, uh, more so stuff make, like that in the more, pen. And more realistic to game time. Yeah, situation. faster faster pitches and stuff like that. And preaching, it's okay to fail. It's just when you don't fail. Like it's it's taking that 300 margin that I'm surprised everyone that looks hasn't at. been implemented sooner. I mean, everyone... Baseball is the epitome of the just do it as it was sport because everyone wants it to be like it was back in the, the day time yeah and no one really it's it's tough to move forward that's why batting average is still a relevant thing where it doesn't completely it factors into an on-base percentage but it's not everything so like whether you're getting walks what how how whether you're getting triples doubles home runs mm-hmm. that doesn't factor into your average which is kind of a different approach to thinking about how runs are being created and stuff. But, I mean, I still think it's a good indicator of how well they're doing. Obviously, if they're hitting 220, they're not 
as productive as someone hitting 300 and doing the same stuff as them. So, um, yeah, I'd like to keep an eye on these guys and hopefully that the farm system can start churning out some elite players like some of the other big market teams have. Like the Dodgers and the Yankees just seem to have endless talent regardless of where they go. And I hope the Phillies can kind of get on that shtick because <laughs> after <laughs> after this season, I think we know we have zero depth. <laughs> so You can't win without depth. No. But anything else? No, I think I'm good. I think that's all the Phillies. I think that's all the Phillies news I got. Um, actually, I was going to bring something up to you because I got a notification on my phone. Did so you? the Mets. Any trades? No, but it's a trade possibility. What is your thought on the Mets and uh, Thor? Thor. Yeah. I I do like Cindergard. Yeah. Um, Cindergard is. Because do you want to know what the notification said? That would probably Phillies are in talks with. Uh, well, no, 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 no. But it said that originally the the Mets GM said that he was going to stay on the Mets mm-hmm. in like I guess maybe like two weeks ago. He's open for trade. It's reportedly seriously listing the offers. So would you, if you were the Phillies, would you just take a run just for the hell of it, or would you hold? I think he's going to cost too much. That's what I was thinking, especially. In the division, in the division. <laughs> Wait, it, although two years ago, what was it? What what's it? Nineteen. So MLB the show. Six, whatever one that I have, I think I might have seventeen. Okay. I got him on my Phillies team for this <laughs> We're year. We're talking real life situations, Eric. <laughs> video games are real life. Every time that I draft in a video game, it's bound to happen in real life. And yeah. So translate, but would you seriously? Would you? Oh, I would take him. Uh, I do you think he's going to cost too much. I think he's. I think he's going to cost too much. I don't think you're going to get nearly the production you want out of him, just because he he's such a. He's a streaky pitcher. Mm-hmm. Like he can be dominant, like all hell for a stretch of time, but then he can also look not great for that stretch of time. He has a very slow delivery. Um, which allows for anybody that gets on base, um, and the Phillies walk a lot of people <laughs> um, to get to second base and be in a potential uh, run scoring position. Um, now, obviously, we'll take the pitching that we can get if they, can, if the thinking. Phillies if the Phillies can get a good deal for him and not have to give up too much. Which I know the asking price will be a little bit higher for the Phillies, especially since they're in the Mets division. But they're the Mets, so maybe yeah, they might fuck up a deal. You know, <laughs> that's what I'm, that's the only reason why I even bring up the case because if it was any other team, you would think, okay, an All Star like that, not an All Star. Was he? I think he was an All Star like last year. All right, well, an All Star caliber pitcher like yeah, that. He's any other team. You his would, name is Thor. His nickname is Thor. So. Any other team, though, you would think, okay, it's going to be here. For, relatively normal asking price for a guy of that caliber but the Mets you never know you never know if you could trade like a bag of money I mean they did give up like one of the best prospects in baseball for a pitcher that has absolutely failed this year so (laughs) see you never know that could work out maybe Clintac but then then again they also they also get uh Joanna Cespedes a couple years ago who I don't know how didn't stick on a team he was just so good at that point. He obviously has been injured, 
and I think that's really kind of interrupted his playing ability on the Mets. But um, before he got injured, that was kind of a maverick pull out of the hat. Like, how do you get that guy for as little as they gave up? And um, I think that the Mets have the potential to either make a really good move here or a really bad move. So let's hope for a bad move if the Mets do Crossing their offer fingers to for sell Syndergaard. But, yeah. yeah, I figured I'd just bring that up to you, see what you thought on it. Obviously, I, mean, I would take anything at this point. I think the rotation's kind of stabilized. I don't think uh, we need guys to eat up more innings, but if they're going to pitch like they have the last last two series, actually, I'll be honest, last three series, um, even against the Dodgers, um, I think if they pitch to this uh, ability, they might have a shot. And hopefully, it's going, their, it's honestly the pitching has almost like you said stabilized. They just kind of need their offense to get back to where it was yeah if the offense can heat up which the pitching can just stay stagnant as at what it is right now i'll we'll, take i'll we'll take be, it it'll be a solid rest the rest of the season oh yeah if the, if, the, <laughs> if the phillies bullpen can just not give up runs for the rest of the season that'd be great too but that's not gonna happen that's baseball. And, yeah but all right um we've been going for a while here we've really yeah. we delved in into phil's a little bit of fires yeah it's been a good podcasting day. Yeah, but um, I was going to ask you if you had any closing statements, but I think we both need to bring up the elephant in the room and talk about the fact that the Braves... Atlanta Braves got swept by the Kansas City Royals. They are officially the worst team in baseball. <laughs> so that brings the Phillies to being five and a half games out of first place. Yeah, and it's unrealistic to say, yeah, we're going to go back and take that first place spot. But if we keep winning and they keep losing, it could be a really good combination, especially because the Nationals just seem to be staying put. We have we could we could come back up. It's possible. And also, they've lost six of their last eight, so it's not like they're they're just a terrible baseball team. <laughs> What can I say? No, I I kind of expected them to kind of regress to me because they are really young to be on a tear like that. They have some really talented players, but I don't think any of them have the experience to be saying, oh, yeah, all right, we're going for the long haul. But, um, no, that's encouraging to see that we have picked up seven of the last ten, and they have not. So (laughs) So we kind of closed the gap a little bit there, kind of unexpectedly. So, honestly, I think that's a good place for us to go out because going out on a high note, Phillies are keep winning games. Phillies are winning games. Losing games. Braves are losing games. um, But, yeah. Nationals can fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. But, uh, all right, you got anything else you want to? No, I'm good. Uh, All right. I guess that's all we got for today. Uh, Have a good week, everybody. Yeah, and – Let's go, Phils. Keep it going. Whoop, whoop. All right. Uh, see you guys next time. Later. I guess hear you guys next time. See you guys next time. We're we're we'll we talk to you. we'll talk at you next yeah, time. We're, we're not gonna see any of you. We will get better. <laughs> All right. All right. Have a good week, everyone. Peace out.